this computer. <clears throat> All right. This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. And we have a very special, special guest with us today, Mr. Sven Johnson. Sven, how are you today? I'm doing great. Am I on video too? Yep, you're on video. Our video has started. And I wanted to talk with Sven today because Sven is a unique human being. Uh, he's very creative. And I want to find out a little bit about the creative process. Uh, but before we start, I have a question for you, Sven. Why is What's it that? that you hate people? I, whoa, hold on a second. This is entrapment. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Why do you kick puppy dogs? So if I answer any version of that question, then I fear that it makes it sound like I kick puppy dogs, which you I don't. You do? That's horrible. I don't. Okay. All right. We're talking about creativity. And I'd be interested in how you define creativity because Sven is very creative, both in his music, which I think you'll be interested to see how it develops kind of from the inside out and his, his uh, YouTube videos, which are great creativity. It's a type of thinking and we tend not to address it in schools, but yet it is responsible for our greatest human innovations. And one definition is the ability to generate, invent, or improve ideas. So Sven, that's Andy, the professor. How would you define creativity? Or how, what do you think about it? I guess I've never really put it into words or thought of a definition myself, but it's just making something that didn't exist before. Pretty easy. Pretty in line with the definition that you had. As a YouTube person, as an online creator, I guess I am both making stuff that hasn't existed before and innovating and capitalizing on trends, especially with the age of short form content like TikToks, Instagram reels and stuff. Trends are so important. You have to hop on something that so many other people are doing and then bring your own little take to it too. Here's my version of this joke. Here's my uh, take on this trend. And as a creative person, I've tried to be as myself as I can and not just steal other people's stuff because I fear creativity is kind of lacking in a lot of like, especially video creation nowadays with the innovation of TikTok. Because so many people are rewarded by just making the same exact video without innovating and putting it on TikTok. So I've always prided myself in putting my own little spin on stuff. And part of creativity though is embellishing or taking an idea or piggybacking on something. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong at all. If, if you're bringing your own spin to it or adding your own spin to it. Okay. Well, creativity is a type of problem solving. How can I create this mood? How can I write this song? How can I capture this feeling? How can I make a video that will make me a million dollars? Solving problems, creating products in ways that are unique yet practical. It is highly, and this is what people forget, it's highly dependent on knowledge. You can't be creative in areas that you have no knowledge about. I can't be creative in life insurance. I know nothing about it. And creativity is different than being bizarre. So creativity is depending on knowledge. Can you tell us about that, your knowledge and how that helps you in the creative process? I guess, yeah, you said creativity is uh, can't, be, can't happen in a vacuum. I guess I never really thought about that. Um, I mean, I obviously have to have some knowledge. Like if I'm making a song, I have to know how to use a guitar, play a guitar. 
I have to know how to use the digital audio workspace, uh, which is Logic that I use, which was the probably the biggest knowledge speed bump for me to get over in terms of like having my creativity come from my brain into existence. And that is something that a lot of creative people, I think, fear because they just want to do like the artsy stuff where they're just making and then creating unimpeded. Yep. Like this. But you got to put in the work. You got to have some discipline to teach yourself how to use tools. I've got so many friends who are just so stupidly creative. Um, but some of them don't have the discipline to like teach themselves a skill, like how to use logic. Not like I'm even the best at that at all either. But if you really want to take it to the next level, you have to do some of the book work. And that's what a lot of creative people I think are scared to do. It is a, we'll come back to that, but it's a process. I liked how you say that. It's not a drive-through experience. And this is the Wallace model. You have to prepare. Let's get some, let's get in the idea. Incubation is where the unconscious mind manipulates the problem. And that's why, you know, creativity is in a one-shot deal. It happens over time. And then the illumination where you suddenly see, oh, that's the way this song should be written or this idea. And then verification, you evaluate, you see how it is, you test your final product. Do you see some of that in the way you create videos and or songs? Uh, yeah, with 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 vi with songs more than videos. Um, videos just kind of happen to me. It's it seems like I'll just like have a concept and then I'll film it. And I very rarely see like an illumination process, for example, with a video nowadays. That could just be because my um because I get way more of creative fulfillment from creating music in this period. But yeah, I, I definitely there's a process. You gotta prepare, you gotta is this incubate? <laughs> Never used that word before. Incubation, that's right. Bubbling yeah. in your unconscious mind. Okay. I guess I got to prepare and incubate for my videos as well. But yeah, there's definitely a process that you have to follow. Yep. You're not doing enough incubating. Epal Torrance said there's four types of create, create a, a thinking that goes into creativity, generating a lot of ideas. That's fluency. Flexibility, generating different types of ideas. Elaboration. Uh, making things better. That's where you take an idea and you elaborate, you make it more detailed and originality, thinking of ideas that no one has thought of before. And it's not accidental. It is purposeful, very purposeful. So let me get out of that. That's just the academic stuff that people may have interest in. So uh, how? let's look at your videos first and then your music. The music is most interesting to me. But sure. tell me about the process of your videos. You've been working with your brother for a while. Yeah. Well, my videos, uh, I noticed you had, I think there was one of your little bullet points on your slideshow, on your little slideshow. <laughs> my <laughs> little said, slideshow. It <laughs> says, I think, fluency. Or I don't remember which one it was, but yeah. said have like a wealth of ideas. For videos, that has always been the case. Um, I learned this pretty early on. My brother Gus obviously did videos before me, and he was a huge mentor for me to start my own YouTube channel. Anytime you have an idea, you have to write it down. That kind of needs to take first priority because, first of all, you just forget right away if you don't. 
And then second of all, once you have this big list of ideas, you can just return to it in the future where it's like, oh boy, it's time to time to make a video. It's been a couple of weeks, have an upload on YouTube. Just dig into the idea bank and you've got, I'd probably have hundreds, if not a thousand video ideas in some semblance of, you know, like whether it's a line or an entire script right now. And so that's good to have like a pool to draw from. And then that's a great starting point a lot of times. So like usually when I start a video, I'll look into my my drafts, I'll pick an idea, I'll embellish upon it, and then I will film. A lot of my videos aren't scripted though. Like I'll have a what's called a beat sheet where you have like a couple ideas that you want to like hit, some main plot points if you even want to dignify my videos by saying they have a plot. Um, and then we'll just film with my friends. I'm lucky to have some very creative um, improvisers as friends. And a lot of times when I just have like a rough idea and go into it, the video gets made. And so I found some of my best ideas. Like you had the picture of the Heyman video, a frame from where I'm just like making up nonsense words with my brother and then crazy sounds come out. That one was completely improvised. There was no script. That was a situation where I didn't even go into my beat sheet. I just filmed with Gus and then we just made this up and we're like, what if, you know, cartoony techno techno sounds came out of us when we did certain dance moves. And that was one of my most popular series on my channel. It's just almost pure improvisation. So. So tell me about being around creative people, how that enhances and then being around black holes that sucks your soul. Interesting. Uh, creative people are definitely interesting. I'm very happy and lucky to have creative friends. Um, Wait, you have friends? Oh. <laughs> You're supposed to uplift. Uh, I'm no, going to tell my mom. <laughs> great. Creative friends are great. Uh, pros and cons to every type of friend. I'll, I'll start with the pros with my creative friends. Like I say, they elevate my my projects. You can, I can't do some of the stuff that I do if I didn't have that immense collaborative power with some of my most talented friends. <laughs> excuse me, a lot of times they bring just a different taste to the project. Videos that I do with some of my friends, like especially Joel, my friend Joel Haver, wildly, the guy is just leaking creative. He's one of those types of dudes who just can't help it. Every time I collaborate with him, it, the project always takes a very different turn from what I had envisioned, but it's usually good. Um, And yeah, I don't know. They're always adding something good to the project. One con and this isn't all of my creative friends, but I've noticed creative friends are some of the least organized people in my life. So if you ever have like a, a time, a due date or, you know, like be here at 4.30, most of my friends aren't going to be there until 5.30 at least. And it's just, everything is a lot looser. I think that might have something to do with the fact that ADD and ADHD are maybe, I don't know if comorbid is the right word, but Ooh, ooh, <laughs> where did you learn that word? My uncle Andy. <laughs> no, I learned that in psychology. I actually have a psychology minor, don't you know? I don't know. Um, anyway, I've learned that ADHD is kind of comorbid with creativity. And so I think a lot of my creative friends just kind of get distracted by stuff in their life. And then timelines and due dates are a little harder for them to, you know, keep in mind. And that's one thing I try to be cognizant of as well. Cognizant, uh, very good. Oh, yeah. 
cognizant. I, I'm expanding my vocabulary. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Um, you're good. <clears throat> it's it's hard to adhere to a schedule for a lot of these, for a lot of my friends. So I try well, to be the best in that way. Okay. What gets in the way of creativity? Um, like any period in my life when I'm like, if you're ever down, if you're depressed, it's hard to be creative. It's hard to like put new, especially like, well, for the term, for the stuff that I do, it's harder to be creative because I mostly make silly, funny jokes on the internet, just stupid stuff. And if like, you're ever like feeling down on yourself, it's hard to try to be, you know, on camera, but music has been a great outlet for that too because like sometimes um you know like if you're not feeling like super happy you just make an emo song as you like to call them and then i can change the world with my emo music so it's good it's good to have two it's good to have two different outlets for that for when i'm in like either mood there is a certain joyfulness of creativity a certain playfulness and you're when you're with people you like when you're happy, you feel good. You just seem to be funny all the time. Um, yeah. When I'm with you and Gus, my wife says I revert to my 12-year-old self. Uh, I'm a different person when I'm around you guys because I, I like you, sadly enough. And you guys are funny and you make me want to be silly. And it's just this goofiness. So you talked about schedule, you know. Mm-hmm. You're out there in Hollywood living the dream. What the hell is your daily schedule like? What? Oh boy. What? I try I tr- I try to keep a schedule as much as possible. Um it's really hard. Even if you wouldn't have uh, had this interview today, I probably would have slept until 10 and then wake up at 10 and I have this is like the most routine that I've added to my life in the last few months. So I'll go out and I have a rule if I want to be on my phone in the morning, I can't do it in my bed. I have to go do it in my backyard. So I can get like the light, the sunlight in my photoreceptors in my eyes and that wakes me up and then I don't feel like piece of a piece of garbage. Um, I'll go back in the yard and do my daily stretches in the morning for like 10 minutes and then just kind of take it in, take in the sunlight because it's always sunny in L.A., which is also another fortunate thing. Then I come in, eat breakfast, and then I go to the gym, shower, and then I usually start my day around noon or one in terms of doing work. Um Work can be anything from filming and uploading a video. Recently, since I've been getting into short form more, like TikToks, like I say, I try to get up about four or five videos a week. So that's a big uh, routine thing for me. I'll come back and I'll just pull through my drafts, you know, my list of ideas, film something that I think is good. And those take a lot shorter to film and edit. And then I'll edit it, upload it, and... At that point, it's I'm kind of a free agent. I'll maybe go golfing with my buddies. I'll, uh, excuse me, if I don't have plans, work on some more music. I've got a list right now where I'm trying to get at least one song either started or finished or make big progress on it in a week because I'm trying to also get an album out. So I've got my life works in terms of like due dates that I impose on myself. My short-term daily due dates of like TikTok uploads, my weekly to bi-weekly due dates of a YouTube upload. And then right now in the next month, I'm really trying to get this album out. I've been working on it for about a year or two. Um, and so I'm imposing stricter due dates with like music, stuff like that. Okay. I'll take, good. Yeah. I mean, that that's it. That's it pretty much. 
that's a good transition into the music part. But how many hours a day would you generally work, would you say? Oh, man, it's so tough for me because <clears throat> even when I'm not working, I feel the stress of my job because my job is kind of as much work as I put in. Your is job? The reward. Yeah, my job. The the What I get out of it is kind of dependent on how much I put in to some extent. So I feel like I always should be working and I'm I'm frequently stressed because of that. And I don't, I'm not the hardest worker. I know that I'm trying to figure out how to be my own boss with zero schedule in my life. I found that like having some little pieces of schedule help line up everything else. So I go to volleyball, open gym once a week and my lifting, like going to the gym is like another routine thing to kind of like line up everything else. I've had part-time jobs too in creative fields as like a pitch writer <clears throat> for a larger YouTube channel that helps like keep all the rest of my stuff in line. But yeah. There is something about routine that enables to you to free yourself. So you're yeah. not having to think about daily stuff as much as you're able to think and expand. All right. Well, I'm interested in how you write music. And I come from a background where to write music, you have theory and you know about keys and chords and signatures and time things. And there's a staff, a, a treble clef and a bass clef. And you use a pencil and you write notes on the page. You write notes and then people see your notes and they play them. And when I asked Sven about such things, he said, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe he was writing music but wasn't putting any pencils to page how, what the hell how how do you get your ideas and how do you write music well that's a very good question i this might be a visual aid necessary conversation so do you mind if i see if i can share my screen with you okay uh um because like i say or like you say i don't have much knowledge in terms of like the the language i don't know music theory i don't know what i'm doing with like time signatures i can kind of figure out for the most part i've been around music most of my life i've been in band and choir um and i've absorbed absorbed a lot of baseline knowledge about music there but i don't know first thing about like traditional music theory or anything so i'll show you my digital audio workspace logic here if i can do you know how to share a video on this I don't know how to share a video, but you can share your screen. Put it. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah, got it. There you go. And you you get an idea. Say you get an idea, a writing idea, a music yeah. idea. How do you capture that idea? That's another good question. Um, <clears throat> same as like the the video idea thing. The second I have like a melody come into my head, or like a line that would be good for a song. I just write it down or I go into my phone and I record it in the voice recorder app. And a what lot of times- What do you mean you I, write it down? How do you write it down without having notation? Write down a, a line. That's what I'm saying. Like if I have like a something that's like, oh, a, lyric, a, a music mean? line. A, a lyric, lyric, yeah. Okay. A lyric. Like I canceled all my other dates, threw their numbers all away. That's okay. what. That's like a line that I wrote down and I embellished upon it later that day and I made a song out of it. 
do you start with melody or a sound or chords or do you start with lyrics or does it change? It can work both ways. With that example that I showed you, I believe I've shown you this before, but like I'll take you through my project on on Zoom here if that's all right. Mm -hmm. That specific song started with just that lyric that I told you. Mm -hmm. It was just that one line and then I was trying to like put a little melody to it and I just figured, you know, and then I developed a melody. Once I had that, I came back and then I put chords around that melody uh, just to like make that little catchy interval fit. And then once I had the hook, which is like the harmony or the chorus and that melody and that line and the chords, then I built the rest of the song around it. Most of my songwriting process starts with the chorus or the hook. So let me see if I can show you here. Here's a song I wrote <clears throat> the other day. This is one of the instances. Can you see my screen here? Yep. And you're still able to hear me. That's good. Okay. Yep. This is one of the instances where a lot of hard work paid off. And I was able to make this song so quickly because I've been working and studying logic, which is this program for a couple of years now, a year or two. And my, my knowledge of just general music production has an, increased so much over the last year, specifically as I've self-taught myself how to use this by just watching videos online. I made this entire song tonight. <clears throat> and you can see there's a lot that goes into a, into one song because as I expand this, these are all separate instruments. And I'll show you what that sounds like here, but there's vocals, there's guitars, there's synthesizers there's midi drums and stuff this was all born from that one lyric that i that you asked me about <clears throat> just i canceled all my other dates through their numbers all the way did you play just the vocals start play just the vocals here yeah i'll show you what like a little track like this sounds like mm -hmm. i'll take you to the hook <clears throat> this is what i told you about this is that little snippet mm -hmm. oh wait sorry that's the guitars did you hear that though no nope. Okay, here. And there might be an issue. Bear with me for one second. Share sound. That's what I wanted to do. Sorry for the dead air. That's okay. That's not a radio. Sorry. Okay, can you hear this? Nope. Darn it. That's all right. It yep. might not work. I've had I've had issues sharing audio in the past, but the visual cue is or the visual aid is somewhat helpful too. Yep. This is how this is how my logic program works. Um, it's super easy to do stuff in it because like I say, you don't need to know music theory. You don't need to know how a time signature works, um, all that stuff. I can just take my microphone and I can record each one of these tracks that I highlight here is a different audio recording. These are all my vocals in this folder here. There's, you can see 10 tracks. I was just able to just have stuff come out of my brain into the program. And then if I wanted to record some uh, here, I've got a, a synthesizer here. Look at this. This is 
a perfect example of me not having to know how music theory works because there's a tool in this program that I can pull this up and then it puts it into a piano score right there for me. So I can have all the music if I wanted to then give this to someone who knows traditional music and play it. I could just print this out. I could give it to them. But with my limited knowledge of music theory, that's not a barrier for me at all. Here's the drum track. You can also put that in notation if you like. Yeah, that is really interesting. Yeah. And so what about the guitar one? Can you put that? Now, that's a and if you might be able to, but I'm not. I probably know 20% of what this program has to even offer. I, as of right now, I don't know of a way that you can. Okay. Because do you play your own guitar? I do. Yeah. So this song um, is very acoustic guitar heavy and then like rock sound heavy. So I was able to play the acoustic guitar for a lot of the verses. Like this would be a verse right here, this yellow section I highlighted. Mm -hmm. And then in, in the, in the hook, there's some light acoustic guitar, but then I added a lot of like MIDI synthesizer stuff here to really give it like a heavier sound. And that's just like a combination of instruments that I figured out after years of tweak or tooling around in Logic and GarageBand. For the bass, you use a synth synthesizer and it gives you a, a string bass sound. Is that how? Yes, this is, this is the string bass right here. And it sounds like I can go in this program and then choose from all sorts of different bases. So like I chose the Liverpool base, but there's muted bass, pick bass, all these options on the left here. And that's just, you know, in one category, there's all these drum kits, guitars. And you use a keyboard to do the bass? Yep. So this is how MIDI works is I just hook it up to my electric keyboard that I have sitting right next to me here, actually. I've got a shirt on it right now. Yep, I see it. And then you can just do whatever you want. So I'm able I'm able to play a thousand different instruments by only knowing one, the piano, because I can just hook it up to my computer and then rip, which is so valuable to me because I can fill out an entire like musical landscape with very limited knowledge. I could play a little bit of guitar and a little bit of piano, but my brain is able to work unimpeded. What do the vocals look like, the score for the vocals? Uh, the vocals, I mean, again, with most audio tracks in this, there's not a way that I know of to like transpose it or um, what's the word, just put it into musical notation. Okay. But these are all my vocal tracks here, these highlighted ones that you see. At the end, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then 10 here with these two backup vocals, 10 vocal tracks going at the same time. I've learned this is a strategy to make your vocals sound like really unified and distinct um and it really makes the project sound great <clears throat> so you're double tracking meaning you're on each one very good andy good job gold star what's double interesting tracking. is when we think of the beatles back in the 60s you've got more power on your dinky little thing than they had back then i was watching the beatles documentary get back on disney plus the other day it's about them recording their final studio album, getting ready for a show. And they brought in an eight track recording device from George Harrison's home studio. And that was a big deal. If you could have eight tracks in a song, record a bunch of different stuff simultaneously, that's drum, guitar, bass, a few vocal tracks, and then you get some extra stuff to work with. That was a big deal. Look at this. I got here on my project, 38 tracks, and I'm just some kid sitting in his bedroom. The, the tools are so much more accessible and so much wildly powerful nowadays. So much more. Why do you double track your vocals? 
Good question. That's a uh, double tracking is a technique where you can see like here's two orange tracks. It's the same exact vocal line for these orange tracks. So it's the same melody, harmony, blah, blah, blah. But one of them I pan all the way to the left ear and when I pan all the way to the right ear. That way it's like two different people speaking in each different ear. That adds so much more of a fullness to the sound. And it, uh, like I say, it helps you understand, helps the listener understand what I'm saying because you get more consonants, um, just more notes. So I've got like, here's the orange is going to be the, the melody. The green is like the low harmony. Dark green is high harmony. And then these blue tracks down here are like the backup vocals. And how and so do you I, know what harmonies? How do you know what notes to sing with the harmonies? How do you know what sounds good together? This is another example of me being really lucky to have had so many experiences. So I am at the point where I can just pull from past experiences. I haven't lived in a vacuum my whole life. And I can create. I can innovate. Because I was in choir for most of my life. And college was... I was in a very good college choir and that was maybe one of the biggest things that brought my musical understanding to the next level it took me about four years to learn how to read music to some extent and i've forgotten that but i'm a big ear listener and so just like listening to how different chords locked in in choir and how like you know music flowed i just absorbed a lot of that knowledge so i'm at the point now where if i hear a good melody i can just a lot of times on the spot as it's happening make up a harmony that sounds good and then um <clears throat> Yeah, I, I make the I I make the harmony on the spot basically, and then I can tweak it. Here's a tool that you might want to see. This this isn't exactly like the um what's the word for scoring? This isn't like the scoring that you saw where there's like notes on a staff, but each vocal line you can see here, you're not gonna hear it because of because of uh the audio issue, mm -hmm. but these are the notes that I'm singing. So after I record something, if it's not exactly what I want, I can tweak this. I go, because I canceled all my other days through my numbers all the way. If I want this to go up to here, then I can bring it up there. And then it'll it will it will play that back in the recording as me having sung that note. It's okay, hard to Mr. like kind of visualize, but Mr. Smarty Pants, I wanna you said something, I wanna put you to a test. I'm gonna Thank sing you. a melody and I want you to sing a harmony with it. Okay. Okay. It'd just be a short one. Blue moon, I saw you standing alone without you dreaming my heart, without a love of my own. Okay. An easy third would just blue moon. I you saw, saw me standing alone. That really sounds shitty. It's not good over the Zoom, yeah. <laughs> Have you been lying to me? That sounds horrible. No, no, no. If we were in person, that would sound beautiful. You, you really put me on the spot there. And I delivered, damn it. <laughs> oh, your emo music. Your emo music. Oh, I don't know. Your career. Oh, that's horrible. My career was ruined on the Andy Johnson Reading Podcast. It's called the Reading Instruction Show with Dr. Oh. Andy Johnson. Sorry. <clears throat> yep. And I want you to know, I get tens of listeners. Whoa. Not up to the dozens echelon yet? Uh, tens means 20, 30, or 40. Okay. 
No, I attract some listeners. I have I have an audience, nothing like you, who probably get more listeners in one silly podcast wiggling your hips than I'd get in five years of podcasts. <laughs> but that's a statement on our culture, isn't it? Uh, what is the statement? People would rather engage in a tall, skinny man wearing diapers than a short, bald man talking about things that impact society. Oh, uh, yeah, likely. Yep, on the shallowness. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm getting bored with you now. Is can there... Tell. Can, yeah. Can you turn off your screen or take that away? Yep. Because I want to... All right. This is the big finish. This is where you say something significant. Tell them that how much that I write your material because I am a happen. registered comediologist. Oh. And that because of the people in this room right now, raise your hand if you were voted class clown. Mm. That proves it. Darn it. Andy's got that one accolade to hold over my head. I've been doing it for how many years now? As long as I can remember about Ever since you remembered, that has been something that you bring up to me. And this is something you told me. Jokes get funnier if you tell them many, many times. Didn't say that either. Like but, the 27th time, it's just funnier than the 26th. And he's going, there's a quote, I don't know who said it, but uh, my brother Gus will say it all the time. Quantity is a quality in and of itself. So that's what Andy's relying on for his humor. Yes, quantity. Very good. Uh, speaking of humor, I'm doing Dancing with the Stars here in Mankato on February 10th. If you're listening from Mankato, there are tickets still available. Okay. And you, it's for the Red Cross. And you can make a donation for poor people. Remember poor people? I do, yeah. So does that, is that a yes? Are you going to make a donation? Oh, I can make it a donation. Oh, <clears throat> man, what time is it? 9.36? I really got to be going. <laughs> All right, sir. <laughs> Thank you. This has actually been pretty good. I loved it. It went better than I thought it would. Wow. You must have had pretty low hopes for it. Well, I didn't even get to show you my song. Next time when you figure out how to do, you know, to share that is uh, still intrigues me and that would be really good sure thing well yeah it was, it was a breeze doing this podcast so i hope it does well thanks for having me andy you're welcome